It's nighttime deep in the floodplain forest of the South Carolina Piedmont. A beautiful habitat, deep, dark, surrounded by majestic hickories, oaks, tulip trees, and ash trees, and home to quite a diversity of flora and fauna. Long before cameras, mobile phones, or even maps, let alone an iPhone or GPS, famous naturalists such as William Bartram, Mark Catesby, John James Audubon, and Reverend John Bachman roamed these hills. They plucked up their courage and plunged into these woods to explore and record the rich natural resources they found, many of which we can still see here today. Wait! There he is, a most curious and quite vocal resident of this habitat, and <laughs> the subject of this episode of Walking on the Wild Side. Hi, and welcome to Walking on the Wild Side. This is a podcast dedicated to exploring nature and hopefully instilling in you, our listeners, a curiosity and hopefully an appreciation for the wildlife around us. I'm your host, naturalist and wildlife biologist, Marvin Baltnight, and I've got my co-host, my lovely wife, Gabrielle, who is actually on her way to becoming quite a good naturalist herself. I don't know about that. I think I know just enough to be dangerous, but hey, y'all, happy to be here with you. You know, we've shared a lot of adventures and everything together and stuff, but I'll tell you, I'm really excited about this podcast, yes. uh, the opportunity to explore the diversity of flora and fauna around us, share stories, memories, also some facts and some amazing kind of uh, observations we've had over the years. You yeah. excited about this? I'm super excited. Are you excited about this podcast? This, this one is going to be awesome. So what are, what are we talking about today? Owls. Owls. Mm. Yeah. And in particular, my most favorite owl. Ah, you've got a yeah, favorite owl. What's I your do, favorite owl? I do. It's the barred owl. B-A-R-R-E-D, not barn. Yeah. That's the barred a- owl. Sorry, I kind of knew you were going to say that. That's what we're talking about today, this episode. I'm pretty excited. So if it's your favorite owl, then um, why? why, what makes it your favorite owl? What what about it? Well, there's a lot of great things about the barred owl, but I think my most favorite is he is a very proper southern owl in his Mm. call i love his call which i'm sure we'll get to yes absolutely we'll get to he is a southern owl and he loves southern habitats but you know actually they can be found up north almost all the way to alaska and out west to like around oklahoma so they're pretty widespread but i think if you if you think about it Southern Owls uh, is a pretty good, pretty good nomer. Absolutely. So, so um, you remember the first time, really, you you saw a barred owl? What kind of? What, share a little bit about that little memory. Oh, the first time I saw a barred owl was when we first started dating. It was before we were married, so it's been a while. It's, oh, yeah. it's been a while. <laughs> um, and you took me to what was then the tea farm in uh charleston it's now the Calco interpretive center mm. so that's actually a uh shameless plug for the charleston county park and recreation commission what a great park system yeah get out and enjoy your parks we love Calco. absolutely so uh yeah you took me out there one night before the park was actually there and open and as you can imagine 600 acres plus with absolutely no light pollution or anything like that it gets really dark out there at night it does yeah and, and, and you know <laughs> now that now that you're mentioning that i know that i know the memory you're talking about absolutely. yeah and your imagination can run run away with you so 
we we had a little campfire out there. We were making some uh, cheddar worst and roasting some marshmallows. Cheddar worst. Yes. Uh, yeah. You can't and you can't have a campfire without roasting marshmallows. No. Right. Not at Having all. s'mores. Not at all. Um, so we were just relaxing around the campfire and, and roasting these things and, uh, couldn't see anything outside the, the ring of the campfire. It was super dark. And all of a sudden we're just listening to the sounds of the night and the crickets and the frogs and all the cool things out there. It was anything but quiet that night. Wouldn't you say? With the crickets and the frogs yeah, and just it was a lot of ambient noise, right? Ambient noise, yeah. yeah. It wasn't loud. I mean, you couldn't hear traffic or mm. anything like that. Um, but all of a sudden, there was this shrill scream in the night. Oh, it was like a shriek, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Scared the ever-loving bejesus out of me. And I looked over at you wide-eyed. <laughs> and you kind of gave me the wait just a second signal. Because I was ready to bolt. Yeah, my right. feet were not going to hit the ground. I was ready to go. I, I'm trying to think of the technical term of that, and I would say you're in definitely a crouch, and you're ready to spring. No doubt about that. Yeah, you talk about fight or flight. I was ready to flight. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> I was well, out of there. I, it's funny because I heard that screech, and I mean, I knew it wasn't a woman getting stabbed or anything that's like that. That's what it sounded you know? like. But it, it did. That's exactly what it sounded like. But something in my mind clicked, and I was just like, wait, wait a minute. And I told you, right? I think I told you, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's wait, let's wait. And you sat there wide-eyed. Your, your eyes are so big, you could have been an owl yourself mm-hmm. that night. But we were sitting there, and then all of a sudden, we heard the barred owl call follow that scream again, because it screamed again. And then we heard the call, and that's when we knew it was probably a begging call from a young wanting to get fed. And I explained that to you. I don't know if that made you feel any better. Uh, Not at, at that time. At, at that point. But uh, but yeah, that was a that was a cool experience uh, out there at night. And I mean, hey, let's just let's just be honest. Being out in the woods a lot of times, if you're not very comfortable in the woods, it can be scary, especially when you hear sounds you've never heard before. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I think if you if you looked at an owl, you would automatically recognize an owl as an owl. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, mo- most yeah. people, even if they're not naturalists or birders or anything like that, they see an owl and they kind of know it's an owl because of the way it looks, the visual description. You know, they've, they're have they stocky birds. they got a big head, got big eyes. Um, I, I think that's what most people associate with an owl. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, kind of when they classify all these animals together, when they classify owls together, that's what they're talking about. A nocturnal bird of prey uh, has a stocky head, you know, silent flyer, things like that. That's what we all think of when we think of owls. And boy, the barred owl is nothing but an exact description of what we're talking about. Definitely a stocky bird that. with a yeah. big head. So, so why is he and called a, a barred owl? flyer. Because that night, that night, I didn't hear, we heard him calling. Oh, and God, then the next right. thing I knew, <laughs> he was right above me. He hit the tree about five feet above my head. We didn't hear him fly didn't in because he didn't call in. at all. Mm-mm. He didn't respond, but by golly, when he hit that tree, we heard him, didn't we? We sure did. Golly, I can't believe you still married me after, after that. I know, right? You and me both. <laughs> what was I thinking? I don't know. I hope you're thinking better about it now. But anyway, the, the cool thing for me is, is just seeing those owls and their behavior. So knowing what they are, what they look like, they're easy to recognize. And then knowing the kinds we've got, but barred owl is kind of a why why is he called a barred owl you remember what we talked about when uh, we talked about why they're named certain things why is he a barred owl yeah he's called a barred owl because he has bars 
that run up and down his chest. Yeah, and, and you know, if you remember seeing that one call because his whole throat was oh, moving. Oh, man, that's calling. really cool to watch. So that little patch that's right there below his, yeah. I guess his chin would, would be, there's actually horizontal bars. So he's got vertical and horizontal bars. So calling him a barred owl is actually pretty good. And yeah. here's a cool thing. his uh, you, you heard him screech that night. I sure did. So his genus is Strix, and his scientific name is Varia. Strix means night screamer or a bird that screams at night and varia means variation in plumage. So a bird that screams at night with variation in plumage, that pretty much sums it up when we talk about a barred owl, doesn't it? So, it sure does. So that's, I think that's pretty cool. So we know about those owls. Other things we know about owls, of course, you just said silent flight. Mm-hmm. Great hearing. Incredible eyesight. So, I mean, what's not to like about these crazy birds, yeah. right? So And... How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? They are wise, wise so, old owls. Wise old owls. <laughs> that, that, well, now let me ask you this. So how many licks does it take for you to get to the I center? I have no idea. Oh, you can't wait that long, can you? No, I hate Tootsie Rolls. What? <laughs> so I've never had one. You... Uh, Give me a blow pop over a Tootsie Pop any oh day. No, I, well, I, I can't get to the center of a Tootsie Roll because like that owl, I'll crunch it every time because i got to get to that chocolate center. But enough of the shameless plugs about our favorite candies growing up. Anyway, barred owls are predators or vegetarians? Oh, predators, yeah. for sure. So we don't have to worry about our garden out there them no. flying and taking our, our tomatoes. Our tomatoes, no. Yeah. They're safe. At well, least from barred owls, they're safe. What do you think they eat? I'm going to think little mice and rodents running around on the, the forest floor at yeah. night. Yeah, you know, most of these birds of prey, birds of prey called raptors. That's what they yeah, all call them. Owls are called cool. raptors as well, which is, which is a neat name. But yeah, they do. They do feed on lots of rodents. They feed on lots of mice, voles, and they even feed on like things like shrews. But, you know, they've got a, a variable diet. They also feed on frogs, um, crayfish, moths. Cicadas, you know, we're going through that big yeah. cicada uh, eruption right now. So they're fat and happy now. They should be. I, Bart Owl <laughs> should weigh about thirty pounds if yeah. we uh, if we see them with the cicadas. But but they eat. In fact, they've even been seen wading in water trying to catch fish. Oh wow! Which you know you don't That's think crazy. of owls in water like no. that too much. So when they eat this food though. They gulp it down whole. They swallow it whole. And, and that's kind of one of your favorite things when we find them. We start looking. When we find where an owl's been roosting, we're looking for what? Owl pellets. Owl pellets. Yeah. So most people think they're poop. They're not poop. Nope. But they're vomit. So I don't know if that makes you feel any better. You know, but. <laughs> Probably not. But, you know, they gulp their food down or they swallow it whole. And then their digestive juices break down all the soft tissues and stuff and all the good parts. And then their crop or their gizzard actually balls up all the fur, the bones, the hair, things like that. And then the owl coughs it out and spits it out on the ground. And as scientists, man, there's nothing better to determine what owls are eating in that habitat than picking through that pellet. And, and we've done that a couple of times. Yeah. We picked through some pellets. Found some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. What was your favorite thing we found in a pellet, though? What was one of your favorite things? Oh, man. A whole skeleton. Yes. Was it a mouse? It was a mouse skeleton yeah. we had. Do you remember the skull of a cardinal that we yeah. found in that one? So we found things like um, squirrel claws. You found fur. We found feathers. We found beetle parts. Um, we found whole skulls. And a lot of times, if you find three whole skulls, that means that that owl ate probably three rodents in that time period and coughed a pellet up. They can cough up two or three pellets a night sometimes, and they can't eat other food before they cough up another pellet. So they cough these pellets up. So you think about... One or two pellets a night, 365 days a year. I mean, that is a lot of rodents. And that's only one owl. That's one. And imagine if they're raising babies. Yeah. Right? Where do they nest? Where do they nest? I'm going to say they are cavity dwellers. And you would they be don't... right. 
build their own nests. They don't. Yeah, owls don't build their own nests. Even the even the great horned owl that we're talking about, the great horned owl doesn't build a nest. They'll take over crow's nest. Mm-hmm. Heck, they'll take over osprey, even an eagle's nest. Yeah, they're tenacious. But we'll talk about them a little bit later in maybe another podcast. But the barred owl does the same thing if they can't find a cavity. But most of the time, there's enough cavities around. And they live in these cavities, raise babies in these cavities. And obviously in the swamps where you have some moisture and stuff, you have a lot of dead or dying trees. And you have a lot of opportunities for cavities for these guys to live in. So they lay about probably two to four eggs, you know, probably around three, obviously would be the average for that. And the cool thing about these little babies, of course, oh they God, are so, they're so cute. cute. They're so covered with this fuzzy down. Yeah. yeah. And they're, and they're just so gangly looking, you know, they're just kind of oofy yeah. uh, looking a little bit, but they're just so cute. But sometimes they, they hatch a week apart, a few days apart, things like that. And so you have this stair step of baby owls from the one latest hatch to the first one hatch is like a stair step of them. And it's kind of cool to see them all sit on the side of a uh, of a tree branch, you know, right next to the trunk. But the, for me, the cool thing about them is these birds are unique in the fact that they're leaving the nest after about four weeks and they can't even fly. But they've got these talons and these beaks that allow them to be able to grab onto the bark of the tree and pull themselves. And they're actually really good tree climbers. So if they wow. fall out of the tree, they can actually climb back up the tree using their talons and their beak. And I think probably then about after about you know ten weeks total they'll they can fly, but they'll stay around mom and dad and everything up until you know probably about six months, which is a, which is a long time for babies not only to stay around the parents but also for the parents to tolerate them. You know I think that's <laughs> what, that's the one thing that blows me away because you know that's more competition, uh, obviously with stuff. So. You know, they, they've got these little babies, and they fly off, but they're going to stay around. So that kind of leads us to talking about one of the other things, which is that, that amazing call. Oh, yes. And, you know, that's how they, they communicate and talk to each other. But we say varia in their genus and species name. We say strix varia, but it could also apply to their call because their call is just not a same call over and over and over again. It is quite variable yeah. and quite loud they say that a barred owl call can actually be heard a half mile away that's crazy uh, which is i mean that's a that's a booming call if you will but it is so you said he's a southern owl so now he you is. can kind of tell us why he's a southern yes owl. yes because when he calls he says who cooks for you who cooks for y'all <laughs> <laughs> well and, and that's exactly what he says and you know it's funny because with these owls they respond so readily to that call mm-hmm. so if you can imitate the call or you play a recording of that call they'll actually come in and talk to you i think you should bit. do your call do you don't your, want me to do play your the bar- no do your bard owl call all right so here we go i'm gonna try my bard owl call oh 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 how's that that's pretty good that pretty good yeah so I, if i were now and i heard that i'd be like hey <laughs> you have to say that, that? <laughs> you know, you're not getting paid by the way you know that right <laughs> Well, the, the barred owl call, we've done it out here at the house a couple of times and had them yeah. respond. So, so it's funny. That's the, the locator call, if you will. That's, that's one owl by himself out in the woods going, oh, 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 And he's just waiting to see Kinda if anything like who's responds. who's out there. Yeah. yeah. Who, yeah, who's out there? Who's out there? <laughs> and sometimes if something answers, he'll do a single call. Oh, oh. And we've heard that so many times. A lot times of times right sitting out on the porch. Yeah. yeah and, and you hear that call. And then, then they do my favorite, which is kind of the woofing or the barking. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. And then he gets a little kind of rounder. Oh, 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 like that. Yeah. And then your favorite part comes. Yes. They start monkeying and they start going, oh, 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 o
And I mean, they start going to town. And, and when you what, get three or four of them around, that's what we God. heard that night. <laughs> we did because it started out with one or two out, and then yeah. a whole bunch of them started calling. And I, I think, I think for me, that is one of the most unnative wildlife sounds. If you're not familiar with the wildlife around you, that that call probably startles more people. And mm, and I know definitely. I've done owl prowl, and there's probably a lot of folks, hopefully, listening to his podcast that have been on an owl prowl with me before. And I'll hear a barred owl call, and I'll call, and he'll ju- he'll stop calling, and yeah. you think I've ruined it. You know, it's like, this guy's not what worth What kind of a naturalist is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. What, well, he called that a good call. And we'll wait, and then we'll say, well, it doesn't look like they're coming. And we'll get ready to leave, and what happens? All of a sudden, he calls right above your head. Right. I mean, he flew in silently, and we yep. never saw him. And there he is, and next thing you Just know, Just kind of checking you out. Absolutely. Next time so. you feel like somebody's watching you? Yeah, well, and they yeah. probably are. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's probably that dude. So, you know, we talked about what they eat. We talked about them coughing up the uh, the pellets and mm-hmm. things along those lines. But, you know, owls are actually pretty effective predators, and they're pretty efficient. And and it's because of their adaptations. And, and I mean, I hear people question the intelligence of a lot of these birds and stuff and rehabbers and work with them. But I still hold to me, dear to my heart, if you can fly and catch something with your feet, that's great. If you can't, you need to shut up. That's the way I look <laughs> at that whole thing. So, uh, And an owl is no, no exception with that. So the hearing they've got is crazy. It um, is. One distinct feature of an owl is going to be those facial discs, right? Everybody, yeah. when you see an owl, you always see those facial discs. They're like satellite dishes. Their ears are actually right behind. And what did you find out about the ears? What, what's so cool about yeah, their ears? Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of times you'll see them twisting their head from side to side. And I never really knew what that was about. But then you told me that their ears, I would say are cattywampus, but they're not, <laughs> they're not directly across from each other on either side of the head. They're offset. They are, yeah, and, and one's lower and one's higher. Mm-hmm. And like you said, when they twist their head, they're actually forming a cone of focus. And here's the cool thing. When they're looking at it, if it hits the lower ear first, then they'll adjust it, and they'll keep moving their head until they can hear the sound the same in both ears. And that tells them exactly where it is. And then when they fly in, if it moves, they can adjust on the fly to figure out where their prey is by hearing it. But then at the very last second, they shoot their feet forward, they pull their head back, and they close their eyes and they strike. Wow. So at the last minute, they're blind, but they are so effective at being able to catch those. So not only can they hear very well, they see very well, too. Mm-hmm. They see like a pair of binoculars, okay? Their, their eyes are not round, but they're huge. If we yeah. had eyes like a like a, an owl, our eyes would be the size of grapefruits. That's how big they are in relation to the size of their skull. But they're not round. Owls have tubular eyes, you know, like totally tubular. Tubular, man. And they're, so they can't roll. But they've got these sclerotic rings around the eyes, so their eyes are fixed in their skull. And they're fixed to where they have binocular vision. And they can gauge depth, which is a sign of predators. Mm-hmm. And then they strike at their food and, and catch it by using this these amazing uh, binocular vision and these incredible ears. So not only that, they have silent flight. You know, that's <laughs> I mean, pretty amazing. That's that's a triple triple threat right there. You know, so if you're a mouse, you really don't stand a chance Forget out it. there. But Forget about it. I think we. <laughs> I think when you when you think about this stuff, and that's me. I I, I kind of like to think about things more than just. Okay, they got silent flight. They can hear good. That's great. But I always ask myself, why do they have to be able to have silent flight? They've got to be silent in flight because they don't hunt during the day. If they were to hunt mm-hmm. during the day, the most useful trait would be great vision. But at night, vision doesn't really do you that much good. Right. In complete darkness like we yeah. were out at Call Call. Yeah. It was so dark out there. But these these birds are hunting animals that have incredible senses of hearing. Mm-hmm. So they've got to be quiet flyers. And they're quick. Yeah, and they're very yeah. quick, and, and they got to be able to sneak up on them. So mm-hmm. silent flight helps that. Did you did you see that YouTube thing where the BBC did a, a study? 
about the different birds and compared it to the flight of an owl. Yeah, yeah. we watched that. Those They had those high-powered microphones. Mm-hmm. They let a pigeon fly. And, and by the way, we'll share that link to that YouTube video yeah. in our show notes and stuff. They set up an array of high-powered microphones. A pigeon flew over. Of course, sounded like a cardinal, right? You know, right. <laughs> then, they, uh, then they had a peregrine falcon fly over, and it made noise. But then they released a barn owl, and the microphones didn't pick up a sound. In fact, it registered a flat sonogram. Wow. And then they went back and amplified the sounds to see if they could hear it, and still nothing. So it truly is silent flight. That's incredible, especially for a bird that size. Well, and Owls? I try to think about why, they, how they can be so silent. And of course, they have these adaptations. Their feathers are serrated, so they're, they've got really, uh, it breaks up the sound, mm-hmm. so they don't have that sharp contrast there. The other thing is, they've got broad wings in compared to their length, so they can actually fly slow. So by flying slower, they minimize the amount of air, they minimize the amount of sound that's going on, and then they have the serrated uh, feathers on their wings. So they literally are like a feather duster flying through the air. You cannot hear them and, and literally make very, very tiny amounts of sound. But at night when they hunt, they got to have silent flight. But those birds that hunt during the day don't necessarily need it. And they've had research that shows that birds that hunt during the day or birds that hunt animals that don't hear very well, like fish or like um, insects or things like that, they don't need them. So burrowing owls, uh, snowy owls, they don't have as silent of a flight as like a barred owl a great horn or even a barn owl and i you know it's cool to know where that all comes from but that's why i'm a dork uh and it's called i love all that stuff and i really get into it but you know the the fact that they do that and are able to do that is incredible and that silent flight to me is what is so amazing about these birds but the call and being able to hear it and also small things like they got these little projections on their feet called spicules that allowed them to grab their prey and hold on it's like sandpaper gives them a better Mm. grip they've got these feet and you ready for a great word oh yeah zygodactyl oh that sounds like a dinosaur it does it does i've recently found the tooth of a zygodactyl yeah Yeah. well the the zygodactyl feet means they've got two toes that face forward and then they got a flexible toe that they can bring forward or bring to the back so when they strike their prey they've actually got two toes forward and two back with those sharp talons on the end of it that allows them to be able to strike their prey and combine that with an incredibly strong grip i think they've equated the grip of a of a barred owl to about the biting force of a german shepherd wow right so i mean you imagine being a little mouse and and hitting that grabbing that they're just not going to let it go at all yeah not at all so So we've talked about all these really cool adaptations of the barred owl but one that i know you get asked this question a lot is can an owl truly turn its head all the way around 360 degrees <laughs> that's actually a that's actually a great question but it's also a great trivia question yes and no how's that for an answer huh doesn't help at all no so all right so if you measure the degrees that an owl can turn its head literally can turn 540 degrees a complete circle is 360 yep 540 degrees that math doesn't work for me it doesn't so let me make it work for you All right. So if an owl is facing you, its entire body is facing you. If he turns his head all the way to the left, he can turn it 270. If he brings it back around, faces forward, and turns it to the right, he can look 270. 270 and 270 is... 540. Isn't that sneaky? He can't do it all the way around. Obviously, he can turn it 270 in one direction, which is crazy. Now, we can only turn ours 90 degrees, right? Mm-hmm. Think about if you've ever tried to turn your head further than 90 degrees, you would cut off circulation to your brain, which a lot of animals, if they 
turn their head that much would. But owls have this cool adaptation in the blood vessels and stuff going to their brain from their neck. There's actually swollen sacs in these things that actually store blood. So oxygen-rich blood goes up to pump into their brain, and when they turn their head, it locks off those veins and stuff, but those pools actually store enough oxygen that they can get them through them turning their head without losing consciousness, blacking out, things like that. So that's another Very cool. crazy, uh, crazy adaptation. Yeah. But and we talked about their range. You know, their range, of course, is all the way to Alaska and out west to Oklahoma. But what's kind of amazing to me is they have a cousin that's kind of endangered, the spotted owl. And if you see them side by side, they look almost identical, except the spotted owl would have what on its chest instead of bars. Spots. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm a smart one. You're on your way. You're on your way. You're becoming (laughs) a good naturalist, no doubt. But they interbreed, and they actually can be a little more aggressive and actually outcompete the spotted owls, Mm. which is making it even more difficult for the spotted owls to spread and, and, and remain. So that's one thing. But, you know, if you get outside and you go outside and around and stuff, chances are you may hear a barred owl or some of the species of owl. But what do you, what do you think? Some people are thinking they're hearing owls. What do we, have you heard about this? Yeah, I think some people get confused in the morning and think they're hearing an owl and it's actually a morning dove. Yeah, that's, that's right. You know, and I, I used to, where I used to work in different nature centers and stuff like that, I'd get people calling and say i've got an owl and every time i go out in the morning he greets me every morning and and i'm thinking what time in the morning are you leaving to go to work and yeah. do you work third shift? <laughs> and, and and it's the cooing of a male morning dove we we've actually heard them cooing here at the house and kind of had to listen a couple of seconds because they do can sound like a great mm-hmm, horned yeah. owl sometimes but yeah they they actually do uh sound very similar and some people mistake them but you know if you really want to see owls probably one of the best things to do is actually hook up with a local uh, birding club, like a uh, uh, birding club around that goes bird watching and stuff, or actually take part in some programs at some of the state, national, local parks and stuff that are around. Well, that's going to wrap us up for this podcast. Boy, we, we covered a lot of ground about we these We sure owls. did. Well, there's a lot to cover because they're pretty cool. And I, I think that's just the tip of the iceberg about these guys because all owls are just fascinating. And I'll yeah. tell you what, I think you speak to a lot of folks, everybody can remember the first time they ever saw an owl in the wild. Yeah. So what do you like about the owls the most? Well, of course, their call. Yep, that's true. You and do putting you on the spot and making you do your owl call. <laughs> that's right. You do. I'm like a party favor you sometimes. Do, you are, yeah. <laughs> and you do a pretty wicked uh, screech owl, too. Well, yeah, and hopefully we'll talk about that one of our podcasts. And speaking of our podcast, you know, listeners, if you love what we're doing and you like listening to what we're doing, please subscribe to our podcast. We'd love to have you join us each uh, each month. We're going to try and do two of these a month if we can yeah. and see how it goes. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the only advice I have to give you out there you're not going to see any of this stuff unless you're outside walking Walking on on the the wild wild side. side.